Hey, it's Todd Duncan. Welcome to High Trust Today, the podcast. I'm on a quest to help people win in business and in life. To do that, I know they must trust themselves, their relationships, their business, and they most certainly must trust their future. When you do that, you set in motion a universe of possibilities, and that journey begins right now. And I want to tell you a quick story about a CEO that was getting ready to retire, and he made a decision that he was going to award one of his executive team members the CEO title. And so he gathered the whole team together, and he said to the whole team, he said, guys and gals, in a year, I'm going to pick a new CEO. I'm retiring. I'm out of here. I'm taking my chips off the table. One of you in this room will become the new CEO. And so he said, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to give each of you a seed, and I want you to take that seed and I want you to plant that seed. I want you to take care of that plant. I want you to nurture it. I want you to do something with it. And I want all of you in a year to bring your plants back. And the person that has the best plant is the person who's going to be the CEO. And everybody's fired up. You mean all we have to do to be CEO is put a seed in soil and grow a plant? Are you kidding me? It couldn't be easier than that. And so he distributed the seeds and all the, seed, all the uh, executive team went out and they planted their seeds. And one of, the, one of the executive team guys, his name was Jim, and, and Jim, you know, with his wife, they got all excited about it. This is our career path. You know, they went out, and they got their pot, and they got their soil, and they got their conditioner, and they got their fertilizer, and they planted the seed, and, and Jim started watering it, and, you know, he watered it, and then a week went by, and two weeks went by, and no little sprout or anything. You go back to the office, all the rest of the people will be talking about their plants coming up, and one's got this, and one's got that, and Jim's feeling like a failure. You know, I, my, my seed is not growing. I don't know what I need to do, and so he said to his wife, what should we do? And, and she says, just do what Paul said to do, and Paul was the CEO. And so Jim is watering it, and all the other people are bragging on their plants, and Jim has nothing. And so a year goes by, and now some of these plants are trees. And the whole group has to get back together again, and they have to show their plants. And Jim is feeling, are you kidding me? I cannot go to this meeting. I have a pot. I have nothing. And his wife said, you have your, you have your integrity. You have your honesty. You've done everything he told you to do. Just go. So everybody gathers, and all the guys and gals are bragging about their plants, and, and Jim, Jim's feeling like a failure. He sits kind of in the corner, and the CEO walks in, and he looks at everybody's plants, and he kind of, good, that's beautiful, that's nice, that's great. And then he points to the CFO, and he says, get Jim. And Jim comes up, and he's thinking, shoot, I'm going to get fired, I'm going to be embarrassed, something, something is going to go wrong here. And Jim gets to the front of the conference table with 13 other executives around it. And Paul, the CEO, looks at all the other executives, and he says, I'd like you to meet your new CEO, Jim. The guy with the pot, with no plan, is awarded the CEO position. And Paul says to everybody, he said, what you guys don't know is I gave all of you a year ago a boiled seed. I essentially killed the seed. There's no way the seed could grow. And what all of you guys did is you found out that you couldn't make the seed grow, and so you tried to manipulate the system. You went out and bought a seed. I can tell you don't all have the same seed. Some of you have trees. Some of you have plants. Some of you have bushes. I gave all of you the same seed. And the only one that had the guts to take it all the way to a year is the guy that I'm now going to make the CEO. And Jim was blown away. That was the hard road. That was the hard road. The easy road was take the seat out, go buy a new one, and try and fake out the boss. 
And I have to tell you something. The hard road is the hard road because it's the right road. And what we have to get our head around in terms of the, the, the choices that we make is that we have to be on the hard road. We can't play it safe. If, listen, when I, was, when I was on the ropes, I can tell you right now, the easiest thing on the planet would be to have filed bankruptcy. That would have saved me millions, okay? I could have walked out on seven figures of debt. That would have saved me millions. I could have left my vendors high and dry. That would have saved me millions. You know what else I could have done? I could have short-sailed on my homes, and that would have saved me millions. But I did none of those things because that would have been the easy road. I stayed on the hard road, and the gift that I got by being on the hard road is my story. I have my integrity. I have my reputation. I didn't shortchange anybody. I stayed in the game until I got back on my feet, and I have a story that is now worth more than all the millions combined that I lost. But more important than the millions... That decision to be on the hard road is the greatest gift I'm ever going to give my boys. So, and you can get back on top. You know, it's easy to call on loser realtors. It's easy to call on people that are easy to call on. The reason it's easy to call on is because they're easy to call on because they're not doing anything. Okay, that's the easy road. There's too much competition on people calling on people that are easy. You know, you've got to crack the code with the tough people, the ones that have the business to increase your cash flow. It's easy to not follow up. That's the easy road. Most don't, right? The fortune's in the follow-up. The hard road is to have the discipline to sit down every day and follow up and make the phone calls and follow up with the people that can stimulate your cash flow, that can be clients for life. Those are, that's the hard road, okay? The easy road is to give up an hour early on making calls. That's where all your competition is. They give up early. The hard road is to go the extra hour and not have any competition. That's it. The, the easy road is to miss a, a workout or to miss a, a recital or to miss a, a game. You know, that's the easy road. People do that all the time. The hard road is to have a disciplined approach to lifestyle management. So in almost every situation possible, you can be present. That's the hard road. And we have to make a decision, period. That the easy road is the road that has too much competition, it has too much mediocrity, it has too much complacency, it has too much entitlement. The easy road is the road for losers. And I don't want any of you to be on it ever again. It's the road for shortcuts, it's the road that doesn't groom you, doesn't train you, doesn't educate you, and doesn't perfect you. It's not the road of greatness, it is the road of average. So never, ever give up and don't take shortcuts and do it the right way and you will get the victory. Here's the third point about being unstoppable that I want you to get your head around. The third point about being unstoppable is that you have to see failure as positive. You have to see failure as positive. And I'm looking forward to you taking this Success Magazine. I'm looking forward to you to listen to the CD and listen to my story. I have to tell you something. You have to see failure as something that's positive. Not that you have to get excited about it. Not that you have to wake up and just put on the game and say, I can't wait to fail today. Making a sales call without being prepared, you know, that's a recipe for disaster. You don't want to do that. But you want to have a, an attitude that failure is positive. In 1914, at the age of 67... Thomas Edison lost his entire factory to fire. Underinsured, reportedly worth $2 million, 
which today is $103 million, when asked about the disaster, Edison said, about the disaster, the good thing about fire is all my mistakes are burnt up. I get to start anew, 67 years old. And that's his attitude towards failure. He lost everything. Now listen to this. Because he had a positive attitude about failing and lesson learning, three weeks after the disaster, he invents the phonograph. Three weeks later, because of pure vulnerability, instead of seeing it as negative, he got really creative. He changed an industry forever. Now, you may not think about it this way, but I do. If it were not for Thomas Edison and the phonograph, iTunes wouldn't be possible. He figured out how to translate music to another medium, which is all what iTunes is. And so I want you to look at failure, and I want you to know that, you know, he probably couldn't control the fire. And there's a lot of things in our life that we can't control that set us back, you know, and whatnot. But I do have to tell you something. In terms of the things that we can control, failure usually comes from two things. Write these down. Failure usually comes from either a bad decision or a poor strategy or both. That's the only two reasons you will fail. You will make a wrong decision or you will have a poor strategy or both. Okay? It might be a great decision to hire a really great assistant, right? But it'd be a really poor strategy to not train him or her into the style of how you want to do business. It could be a really bad decision to hire the wrong assistant, but think your strategy is robust because you're going to train the wrong person. That could be a problem as well. It might be a bad decision to call on the wrong realtor, but it's an even worse decision to think that you have a strategy of fixing that. The better thing to do is to cut your losses and go with a new decision. And I would just like to give you my new recipe because I don't ever want to relive what I relived and I call it the power of three. And here's what the power of three means. On any decision I make in business, and on any strategy that we develop for business, we will not make the decision or roll out the strategy without the input of three trusted advisors. That is the power of three. And we find that when we do that and we pull you know, my wife in and we pull uh, Matt Emery, who runs our company in, and we pull in maybe a Daniel or a Dave Savage or these guys, they help us reshape and rethink what we do and how we do it. And it's very, very comforting to know that you don't make a decision or you don't roll out a strategy without three people you trust saying, go for it. That's great. And in that spirit, you know what you need to do? You need to understand that uh, you know, what you develop and change on the inside manifests itself on the outside. If you start, start to see failure differently, you will start to see life differently. You can't change your world unless you change you. It's impossible for your world not to change when you change you. And the beautiful thing about failure is if you saw it as something as positive, you would take more risk and you would do more things that would get you to a new level. Part of being unstoppable is not avoiding failure. Part of being unstoppable is being smart enough about it so that you minimize it and that you eliminate, you know, eliminate the possibility of it occurring. And before I did the Darren Hardy success interview, I looked at my journal and I wrote, I wrote this kind of down about failure. I, I, I wrote, I choose to see failure as a setup, not a setback. I wrote down, I choose to see failure as an experience, 
not an excuse. I wrote down that I choose to see failure as a stepping stone and not a stumbling block. And I wrote down I choose to see failure as an opportunity and not an obstacle. And I have to tell you that when you reframe things, I, I call this the, the art of the great reframe. That anything that is happening to you in this moment, in any area of your life, can be framed and reframed into something that's powerful, something that's beautiful, something that's motivating, something that's exciting. But until you figure out how to reframe most of what flies at you, it will take you down. It is too easy in this world to see things as negative and not positive. And I really, really, really want you to get your head around that. It's a very, very, very important thought. Okay, here's number four. The fourth step to being unstoppable is to keep your imagination alive. Keep your imagination alive. Don't let the artist in you go to sleep. Keep you awake to the possibilities. And the possibilities are endless. And there's three things about keeping all that alive, your imagination alive, that are important for you to get your, your head around. And one would be to dream between now and Saturday and keep that going. Dream big dreams. Big dreams. Big, 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 big dreams. Dreams have no age limit. And there is more that you can do. But in, this, in the experience of dreams, let me tell you what happens. The minute you want to move from where you are to a new place, you will encounter resistance. You're comfortable where you are. When you start to move to here or move to there or decide to do this or to do that, you will encounter resistance. And you must, you must, must, must tame the resistance dragon. You must, must, must understand the importance that resistance plays. And I have to tell you something. You, you have to get this because your life is at stake. There is a person in this room whose name will be not revealed. This is an email I received out here on Monday. I'm going to read you one paragraph. I cried because last month I asked God to help me become a better loan officer and show me the path. I asked God how to make all this work so I wasn't working 80 hours a week and possibly having my wife leave me. I cried because your words of wisdom and knowledge that was going to restructure my life, colon, have been sitting on my desk for 2,555 days without me even lifting a finger to help myself. I cried because I've wasted 61,320 hours of my life in stress, pain, and bewilderment of how other loan officers could do it so easily and how I had struggled to get by. What got in the way? Resistance. Resistance got in the way. Okay, the bigger your dream, the bigger your resistance. If there was no resistance, everybody would be super successful. The closer you get to your dream coming true, the bigger the resistance. 
And the more people you tell about your dream, the more resistance you will get. The number one objective you have every single day, if you're going to be a big dreamer, every day is overcoming resistance. That's it. And you overcome resistance by training. You overcome resistance by getting great. You overcome resistance by having accountability. You overcome resistance by planning and prodding and making sure that you keep your eyes on the prize. That's how you overcome resistance.